2: Hey guys, we're in the final stretch of our summer shoot around series, and we've gotten some nice feedback from folks on this. So thank you for sticking around and listening to these episodes. Preseason is just around the corner and we've got even more in store coming soon. Real quick, a heads up on something. I know there are plenty of you who listen to the show, who just listen to the show. You just listen old school on the phone, the 2017 way, the 2012 way, the way we did podcasts for so long. And now there's obviously video and all that stuff. But to those who only listen the traditional podcast way. Uh, I I thank you. I hear you. Totally cool. Uh, you are my people. Now we are going to be doing another big mailbag episode very soon. So this is to everyone, but those in particular who might not use social media or watch the YouTube. Uh, if you'd like to send in a question, a thought, anything interesting, mostly on college basketball, but if you've got a funny thing that's related to the show, that's not college hoops. I'm inviting that as well. For sure. Uh, here is our new email address. Shouts to cbs at gmail.com again shouts to cbs at gmail.com include your name and the city or town where you are from we'll take a few of those in our next mailbag episode but beyond that email whenever you'd like at any time of the day or night if something springs to you uh feel free to email us we'll store them up and use them for future use as well additionally if you'd prefer You can send in a 10 to to 15 second video. Try and keep it short. Nothing too much longer. Just 10 to 15 seconds in that range. You can ask us a question. Tell us your name and your city or town. And we'll drop a few video questions as well moving forward for our mailbag episodes. Again, shouts to CBS at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on Twitter at Matt Norlander, at Gary Parrish CBS, at IONCBB Podcast. Find us often. Send your thoughts. And as always, thank you for subscribing.
0: hey there it's gary Parrish. welcome back to the cbs sports Eye on college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black matt Norlander is here with me if you're watching on youtube smash that like button like your brandon davis you have consent you know you know what he would do in, in, in a similar situation and if you haven't yet subscribed to the youtube channel Please go ahead and knock that out while you're here. And While you're doing that, let me remind you what we've got going on. It's called the summer shoot around. Never mind; it's not really summer anymore. Just forget that. It was summer when we started. No, no, no. Hold is on. It, is it still summer? Come on
2: now. Come as on. we tape this, as we tape this, it's still summer. Well, when Come are on. we done? When, when, when are we done
0: with summer? I,
2: I feel like today. I think today's the last day of, of, of summer.
0: Yeah. I think so. Let me check that as we go. You go ahead and read off the seventy-four teams. Not going to do it anymore. I decided I'm done with that. Everyone knows. I'm done with. Everyone knows what the deal is here with with this. I I feel like everybody. You you guys should know by now. But it's a summer shoot around. It's the
2: last day. Yeah, we're we're
0: trying to. Today's the today is the last day of summer. It is September twenty-one. That's good to hear.
2: Now people are going to listen to this. It's going to be the fall. We are technically pre-taping this a day before, two days before, but. It is the last day of summer when we record this, so there we go. All
0: right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to summer being over. It's miserable down here in the we south. A, we got a we got a beautiful
2: last day of summer up here in Connecticut. Can't wait to get outside with the boys later. You know, get it's a 100- ball
0: around. Get some shots up. It's a 100- hundred beautiful seventy two degrees outside right no, now. We're, we're we 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 coming in at a hundred down here. <laughs> we're we're a hundred. Seems seems unnecessary. It's 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 outrageous. What well, with the summer shoot-around, it's uh, focusing on twenty notable teams over a span of ten weeks, two per week. Twenty teams in ten weeks. Uh, we're doing the schools in alphabetical order. We've already knocked out eighteen of them. Now we turn our attention to UCLA Bruins. They went twenty-seven and eight last season. Finished second in the Pac-12. Got a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Lost to North Carolina. In the Sweet 16 from that team, UCLA lost Johnny Juzang, Jules Bernard, Cody Riley, Miles Johnson, Peyton Watson. That's five of the top eight scores, but they're bringing back Jaime Heikez, uh, Tiger Campbell, Jalen Clark, and enrolling a top 15 recruiting class. Headlined by a couple of five-star freshmen, Amari Bailey and Adeem Bona. I have UCLA ranked 10th in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Norlander thinks of Mick Cronin's Bruins next. But first, real quick. All right, dead leg. I've got UCLA 10th in the top 25 and one that's 10th in the nation. First in the Pac-12. Are you a believer in what will be McCronin's fourth team at UCLA? Yeah, there have been some other episodes
2: in our summer shoot-around series. You want to tell them all the teams we've done? Kansas and Kentucky. (laughs) There have been some teams where I've been like, GP, you're a little too high on this. You're too low here, I think. I'm going in on, on UCLA. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have this team top five, six, seven in the country. I'm I'm going all in based on the strength of, well, one. I think Jaime Hawk will have a real shot at being a first team All American, and then the incoming freshman class and a Pac-12 that you know, it'll be, it'll, it'll be all right. You know, but losing Zhang and Bernard, that's obviously big. Cody Riley being gone is is certainly something. Peyton Watson was barely, you know, I don't want to say he was barely used, but he was not a big minutes getter. He wound up. Going 30th in the draft. He's with the Nuggets now. But Tiger Campbell coming back is probably the single biggest reason why I'm going to pick UCLA to win the Pac-12 and to be in contention for a one seed, but probably land on the, on the two line overall. I think his experience, I, I this is just a projection, a prediction. I think Tiger Campbell's veteran play, really smart player, I I, will look up in January parish. And I think he's just going to be a top three point guard in the country in terms of production. You know, he's not going to be the most athletic point guard. not going to be putting up the biggest scoring numbers, but I think he's going to have a good shot at averaging 13, seven and four. Like I I think he'll be a a, a very big factor on a team. That's got um, plenty of talent. And yes, Cronin, Obviously, he's had plenty of success. He's had an NCAA tournament level team all three of his of his years here, which is no shock. He's the greatest coach in UCLA history, uh, with a sterling sixty eight and thirty record, with forty and seventeen in the Pac twelve to this point. You buy what I'm putting down there with with Tiger Campbell? You know, it just the likelihood he could be among the three or four best point guards in the country, and with that, I'm basically saying he'll be right there with Jaquez, uh, with being an All-American. I think that could be the case with UCLA. We get to the end, we're voting on this stuff, GP, and those two guys are two of the 15 to 20 best players in the country.
0: Seven assists per game is a pretty big number in college basketball, but I wouldn't rule anything out. I love Tiger Campbell, and I love like a, a program returning a guy at that position who is so rock solid. He's been and there. So, he's just been there. I mean, he's been first-team All-Pac 12 each of the past two seasons, and though he didn't shoot well from three early in his career at UCLA. He he you know shot 41% from three last season on 3.7 attempts. So I, I don't know if I'll go all the way up to 13 and seven, but I could certainly see something like 13 or 14 points per game, five or six assists per game, you know, right around, if not above 40% from three, and first team all pack 12 for the third straight season, and maybe you know, some All-America honors uh, as well. You know, as I was looking at at this roster and the way it projects from a starting lineup perspective, I I think obviously Tiger Campbell's in there. Um, uh, Jaime Heikes is in there. Jalen Clark probably in there. Mm. So you've got three, you know, returning guys who have played meaningful minutes, if not been stars on, you know, accomplished basketball teams. I mean, for Tiger Campbell, Jaime Heikes, these guys have... You know they've been really important players on two Sweet 16 teams, on a Final Four team, um, and and then you you supplement them with two five star freshmen in the starting lineup. It's a lot like the Kentucky starting projected starting lineup: three veterans and two five star uh, freshmen. And with Hakez, like I, I haven't quite figured out my first team All American ballot yet, but he'll he'll get consideration for it. And I won't be surprised if, if you know he, you know, whether he starts there or not, ends up as a Pac-12 Player of the Year and first-team All-American. I thought Mick Cronin, in an article I, I read recently, I, I believe it might have been Seth Davis, uh, the great Seth Davis, sitting down with Mick for a story that was in the Athletic. But he called Hami Hakez a a glue guy star, which is not a, a a term I'd ever heard before. I don't think, but. it it, it seems to fit like it's the guy who does all the little things, right? He guards, he rebounds, he'll die for loose balls, but he's also like a legitimate, you know, can be a star, best player on a very good team. And so when you, you got at the very least two proven guys like Tyre Campbell and Jami Haquez, and then you're throwing two five stars there with them. I mean, that's a team that absolutely, like if you told me UCLA was in the final four for the second time in a three-year span, there's nothing crazy about that at all. Nope
2: has averaged uh, 13.9 points last season, 5.7 boards. I do think those numbers will go up. I think I think UCLA will be a team that will be able to defend at a high level but will also be able to to score cuz I think there's going to be a lot of point I think there's going to be a lot of points to go around with this. Like Amari Bailey, how is he not going to be able to create get points on the board. UCLA ranked 12th in offensive efficiency last season, 16th in defensive efficiency. The year before UCLA was 11th in offense when it went to, uh, went to the final four, obviously the final four run boosted those numbers. I think UCLA is going to be a top 10 offense in the country. And I think between Campbell, Hawkeyes and Bailey, and maybe even Jalen Clark, they, I, they'll, I'll say four, they'll. I'll I will. I'll say they have four double digit scores. Jalen Clark, Junior guard. He played eighteen minutes a game last season, six point seven points. He's got to probably be the step up guy here, right? You figure if he's in the starting lineup uh, alongside Bonna and and Bailey, he's got to probably step up. But I, I I think I think they're gonna be trouble. I, I I like this roster and how it's been put together a little bit more than Arizona. Personally, we obviously did an Arizona episode. Those two teams set up objectively as the top two teams yet again and thankfully the pac-12 schedule has them playing official to that league i just i like ucla a bit more i don't know how deep the team will be and so anytime we talk about a team that's got a really good offensive upside you know will they play more than seven reliably and if they do if they don't do that are you susceptible to injuries? You know, there's something to be said for that as well, but there's a lot to like you're losing. Juzang is, you know, that's significant, but there are plenty of other teams we have projected in the top 10 who are also losing a player of similar value to what Johnny Juzang brought to UCLA. He still was a pretty good player last season. I would, I would, I would argue that from a media fan and coaches standpoint, Juzang, he actually might have fallen a little bit short of what was expected when he decided to come back after you know catching fire and becoming uh, a national star in the sport when UCLA went to the Final Four there. Um, but I do like Hawkes like, to kind of step up and, and grow. And I, I get what Cronin's saying, being a star glue guy. I think he'll just become a straight up star there. And and UCLA not having a singular guy to like, it's not like Hawkes is gonna command the ball on every single possession need to get his touches and need to get up 20 shots a game. Absolutely not. I think UCLA will be dangerous because on any given night, I'll say this. I think that Haquez, Campbell and Bailey will each among them will have at least six or seven games a piece where they are the leading scorer for UCLA and having that kind of dynamism while still always relying on Campbell to be the guy, just having a veteran point guard that knows the staff, knows the system, knows how to run it. I think that's going to pay off big time once we get to Pac-12 play and why I think UCLA will be a clear-cut top-ten team this season.
0: It's interesting. You and I do not discuss these at all before we start taping. And yet, as I'm sitting here looking at my notes, one of the things I, uh, I wrote, like, is there enough depth? because David Singleton is really the only established returning projected reserve. Um, You know, Kenneth Nuba is is probably your backup big, but he only played 6.4 minutes per game last season. So there's not like, if we're going to put Campbell Clark hot in the starting lineup, there's not much returning uh, proven stuff on, on the bench. They are adding, you know, a, a, a top 50, point guard Dylan Andrews out of the class of 2022. So I could see him playing seven or eight, but you are going to be, and this is probably true in most places across the country, you're going to be asking some guys, though they have some undeniably proven and reliable high-level guys in Campbell and Hawkeyes, you're going to be asking some guys, you know, to play larger roles than, than they've ever been asked to do. doesn't mean they can't do it, it just means they're going to have to be a little different than, than what they've been. Another uh, obvious thing uh, with this roster is um, though Tiger Campbell is clearly the point guard, Amari Bailey does play with the ball in his hands.
2: Yeah. He's a, co- he's a, he's like a true combo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: And, and so how does that work out? I mean, I'll just trust that two talented guys like that are going to figure it out. You know, one, one guy's a, I don't know that Tiger Campbell, you know, he's five foot 11. I don't know what his NBA future is or even if it exists, um, but he's a great college basketball player. And Amari Bailey, you know, he's an, a legitimate NBA prospect. Six five, great athlete, good body, um, plus defender. Needs to improve as a shooter, which is something you say about most 6'5 athletes. But, you know, this guy is a, an incredible shot creator uh, off the dribble and somebody who I- I'm assuming is going to, you know, score big points right from the jump uh, for UCLA.
2: I would expect that as well. Um, before we get to the and then, open- of course. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. Let's just, you know, uh, we're we're cruising here. We're cruising. Uh, before Do you know we-
0: what time it is in Westwood right now? <laughs> Do you know what time it is in Westwood right now? Go ahead. Go ahead. It's bad bitch o'clock. It's thick thirty. Thick thirty. It's thick thirty. Ooh, Amari Bailey's it's going to be much. the
2: most treacherous season you've you've ever had employed at CBS.
0: It's thick 30. <laughs> it's thick 30. It's watch Westwood. yourself a
2: clock in Memphis right now. That's all I know. Watch yourself a clock. Thick 30. It's oh,
0: going to be a scene. Man. It's going to be a scene.
2: Let's do uh, – we'll obviously get to the passing of, of Jalen Hill before we get out of here, but well, let's a, do over-unders on the regular season. Jesus. <laughs> we'll do the overrunners on the regular season right now. Um, here's the schedule to know. Non-conference UCLA. They've got Illinois and Vegas on November 18th. Then two days later, they'll either play Baylor or Virginia. That's the Continental Tire Classic. So a wonderful one-two there. That's four teams. Um, it's... It, parish do you have virginia ranked i would rank them top. i eight.
0: had them ranked at one point they got pushed out when other teams added people but they're right there okay, and if i right were there. starting from scratch with the top 25 and one i would probably have them in there if only because i had two acc coaches tell me virginia is going to finish top two in our league
2: there you go well you know what if there are they're your rankings and you can you can do it whenever you want it's been a while. It's been more than a month since we had a since we had a top twenty-five
0: update. Yeah, but my rule is I don't change just to change. Okay. But maybe I'll maybe I'll ju- maybe, maybe you know that what? I feel like the def- that's actually yeah you know, uh. maybe that's not changing just for changing. Maybe the explanation yeah. is I, I we did a candid coaches survey correct. and I talked to a bunch of coaches and they're like really high on Virginia in a way that suggests I should probably be a little higher on Virginia. Point is maybe, maybe at my well, age I don't need to be so set in my ways with these rules that I invent for myself, you know? That's
2: correct. That's that's Precisely it. So four top 25 level teams in at that event. Uh, they'll start with Illinois, and then they'll play Baylor, Baylor, Virginia. They'll play at Maryland, which is nice, on December 14th. Uh, that's a that's a wonderful non-conference game um, between I – I literally just realized this because that's if, between future conference members. Maryland and UCLA will eventually be sharing conference. Oh, yeah. Out, it's outrageous. Uh, and then their other non-conference game of no – Will come in New York City at the CBS Sports Classic against Kentucky on December 17th. So they have four, they only have four non conference games of note, which is lower. We've had teams that have had five. Five's the number we've usually been landing on. Some teams have six. Uh, so that being said, uh, on this episode, I'll go first. Uh, I look at the Pac 12, I look at that schedule. Give me UCLA. I'll say they. Um, I'll say they they go two and two in that stretch of the four big ones. They'll they'll win till they'll lose two. You know, I'll, I'll go there, and then they'll still get picked off. They'll get picked off occasionally in in the Pac-12. They'll you know I, maybe the attrition becomes an issue. So I'm going to land, even though I think they're going to be maybe even slightly better than this record. I will I will put the UCLA Bruins heading into Pac-12 play. Their regular season over under for me is 24 and seven.
0: Heading into the Pac-12 tournament.
2: Yes. What did I say? Pac Pac-12 play. That's right. That'd be that would be and that would be by far the toughest non-conference schedule in the country if they were twenty-four and seven heading into
0: the back twelve. It's a lot of stuff to get in before conference play. It's a lot of stuff. You have to really you have to play some back-to-backs to get that done. Um, twenty-four and seven. That's what you've got. Okay, I've got four league losses. And yeah. let's say two non-league losses. So okay. I'll go. I'll, I'll be a little better than you. I'll go twenty-five and six.
2: We are contradicting each other right now because I will have UCLA ranked higher than you heading into the season, but you will have UCLA ending up with a better record. Don't know how we're going to square that circle, but we'll figure out a way, I guess. It's bad, bitch, o'clock. clock. It's thick, thirty. We will end this podcast with a strong left turn. As we record this on Wednesday morning, there was unfortunately very tragic news that came out on, uh, on Tuesday. And that is the passing of Jalen Hill who played with UCLA from 2018 to 2021. Uh, he had been missing uh, for a couple of months. I'll let kind of parish take up the, the rest of the story here, but his mother actually announced his family announced on Tuesday uh, word had come in and that uh, that he had died. We do not have a reason for his passing, Parrish.
0: Yeah, dead at the age of 22. Uh, according to his family, went missing in Costa Rica. And like you said, the family hasn't released any details. But for whatever it's worth, it is widely known that Jalen struggled with depression and anxiety. These are his words, not mine. Um, actually, you know, played 14 games. In that final four season, a couple seasons ago, and then stepped away from the team to focus on his mental health, and ultimately, quote unquote, retired from basketball at a very young age. And so, um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll wait for uh, an, an official cause of of death. But obviously, anytime you lose somebody so young and who, by all accounts, was just um, an absolute, you know you know, absolutely incredibly um, impressive young man. Like I, I didn't know Jalen Hill, but the people I know who know him really had a high opinion of him, um, liked him and loved him. And so, yes, as this news of this started to trickle out, I guess on, on Tuesday night and then was confirmed by UCLA early Wednesday. Yeah, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. You know, every once in a while, you will get one of these stories where, somebody we talked about wrote about and mm-hmm. and watched um you know you just wake up one day and it's like you know dead at the age of you know 20 in this case two but 27 29 young too mm-hmm. young and uh it's always uh obviously a, a sad thing and this one is uh seems to be especially sad
2: yeah mick cronin tweeted, Late on Tuesday night. Uh, the news Jalen Hill's passing is heartbreaking. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family at this time. Jalen was a warm-hearted young man with a great smile who has left us far too soon. Certainly we will echo that sentiment and want to genuinely send our, our best uh, and only our best to all who knew uh, and loved Jalen. Uh, I imagine something like this uh, for players on that, on that roster who knew him and communicated with them. They are not going through an easy time right now. That coaching staff, uh, this is something that, you know, weighs heavily uh, on on anyone. And as they, you know, as they're back in school, going to classes, reconvening as a team, you know, official practices. We're here in uh, closing in on late September. Official practices will start before the month is out. Uh, something like this can certainly hang very heavily over a, over a team, Not, let alone the people who knew. And love Jalen uh, best. So um, it just so happened as us, you know, the timing of us recording this UCLA episode literally came the day after the announcement of his passing. Uh, very, very tragic. Um, and we, you know, again, we send our we send our best to him and the UCLA community. And I imagine, um, I would imagine, I don't know this to be fact, but he wore number twenty four. I would I would think that twenty four will be uh, will be stitched onto the uniforms for the entirety of the season. And the program will uh, will honor him that way for the 22-23 campaign.
0: Shouts to Devin Downey, Chester, South Carolina, Hook, and Larnell. And thank you guys once again for listening. I own College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll talk to you again real soon. Until then, take care.